It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul Pickin. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Be sure to check out our merchandise store as well, onthefitside.threadless.com. The Dolphins go to Cincinnati this weekend for a noon central time, one Eastern game against the Cincinnati Bengals at Paul Brown Stadium. We have a special guest with us here tonight, Rebecca Toback from the Cincy Jungle. You can follow them at Cincy Jungle, just like it sounds, on Twitter. I always go over there before the Dolphins play the Bengals and throughout the season as well. Rebecca, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Ah, Well, I am a big Bengals fan. I actually live in New York City, though, and I cover all of the NFL for SB Nation in addition to what I do for Cincy Jungle. Perfect. Perfect. Sounds great. So we'll be sure to pick your brain for uh, some other teams that are not the Bengals throughout the year. But speaking of the Bengals, we're off to a they're off to a three and one start with their only loss being a tough road loss against Carolina a couple of weeks ago. They're averaging 31 and a half points per game through the first four weeks. What is the general feeling among Bengals fans about this three and one start? I think the the emotions in Cincinnati are really positive right now and pretty surprisingly positive. So coming into the season, I expected the Bengals to win their first two games. And when they did that, I was almost kind of surprised that my prediction came true uh, because they not only won those two games, but they won them relatively easily and putting up 32 points in both of those games. And if you've watched Andy Dalton, which I don't expect that you guys actually have yet, but you will this weekend, he's looked really different. He looks, you know, confident in himself. He looks confident in his receivers. He just has these, it's a really different looking Bengals group. So I think that fans are buying into the team and every week it's just like a little more confidence as we go. And even the loss to the Panthers, it was, you know, they lost for a lot of reasons. A lot of injuries happened in that game and prior to that game. But I think fans are feeling pretty confident heading into this matchup with the Dolphins. Yeah, and looking down the Bengals' depth chart on offense, you know, you know better than I do. The offensive line has been a major problem for them for them over the last few years. They did get Cordy Glenn at left tackle in the offseason in that trade down. They also drafted Billy Price in the first round. I believe he's going to be out for this game, though. What yeah. impact has that had on Andy Dalton this year? Interestingly, the offensive line still hasn't been all that great. It is definitely a huge, huge improvement from last year, but basically anything would have been a huge improvement from last year. Um, And Cordy Glenn actually had a really bad game last week in Atlanta. He allowed two sacks, I think six hurries. He's allowed more pressures than almost anyone on the offensive line, and I think ranks seventh worst in the league in pressures allowed. So he has been surprisingly not the highlight of the line. That's definitely Clint Bowling at left guard um, next to him. And they were actually college teammates too, so they're very used to playing together. Um, And, I mean, Glenn is doing much better than Cedric Obwehi, who has actually been – he was our first-round pick in 2015 and has been a healthy inactive the entire season so far. So that tells you a lot when a a first-round pick is inactive on game day for no reason at all. Um, So the offensive line is still struggling. But it's been better, so it's a work in progress. At the wide receiver spot, you know, through four weeks, 
Interestingly, interestingly enough, A.J. Green is not the Bengals' leading receiver. It's Tyler Boyd, who at this point last year looked like he was struggling a lot in the NFL, but he settled in in the slot. What type of impact has he made this year? Oh, it's been so huge. I mean, he has basically become Andy Dalton's security blanket, which honestly was Tyler Eifert in the time that he's been healthy, and now he's gone for the year. So having Boyd be someone that Dalton can trust has been really awesome and fun to watch, and he's just been performing at a ridiculous pace. On um, Sunday in Atlanta, he had, I think, uh, 11 catches, and nine of those went for first downs, and four of those were first downs on the final game-winning drive. So he's just been super reliable, and it's really been awesome to watch. Two back-to-back 100-yard receiving games after never having 100 yards in any game the first two years of his career. And poor Tyler Eifert. I mean, it's got to be frustrating watching this guy because every time he's on the field, he plays well, former first-round pick. A player Paul and I were looking at as a first-round pick for the Dolphins in 2013. Yeah, had a great start to the year. How do the Bengals plan on replacing his production? I mean, you really just cannot replace his production. They've had to now every single year he's been on the team. He has never made it through a season healthy. So they've replaced him every single season that he's been in Cincinnati. But you really can't replace him. So um, Tyler Croft and CJ Uzoma are the other two um, top tight ends on the team. And I think Croft will mostly be used as a blocker, even though last year Croft really was the one who stepped up when Eifert um, was out. But I expect Uzama to take on more of the pass-catching role that Eifert played and Croft to be used as a blocker in most situations, though they'll both do a little of everything. So I think the Bengals will see who gets hot um, and hope that one of the two of them can step up a little bit, which I imagine they'll do, but you really can't replace Eifert. Moving moving along to the defensive side of the ball, Rebecca, last two games – they played Carolina and Atlanta. They've let up a combined 67 points. They did win one of those games last week and on a last-second touchdown to A.J. Green. But Christian McCaffrey, 184 yards rushing, uh, Tevin Coleman, 51 last week. And Cam Newton and Matt Ryan combined for a quarterback rating of right around 120 for the year. Is this just a reflection that the Panthers and Falcons have good offense? Or have the Bengals (laughs) tripped up? (laughs) No, it's really not. I mean, the the Panthers and the Falcons do have good offenses, but the Bengals' defense has been scarily bad. I think coming into the season, we really thought the defense was actually going to be the strength of the team, and everyone thought that the offense was going to struggle as they did for last year. But that has really just been the opposite of the reality as the offense has thrived and the defense has been so bad. The run defense is abysmal at this moment. It's really scary watching what's going on. The one positive going into this week is that the Bengals are getting back Vontaze perfect. um, And you have to imagine that the run defense is going to improve immensely with him on the field. Um, But it has been really strange watching the defense. They haven't been impressive. Their defensive line was thought of as the number one strength on this team and during the season. And they just really haven't been anything special um, they're not getting to quarterbacks at the rate that we expected them to. I mean, you have Carlos Dunlap, Geno Atkins, Carl Lawson, Andrew Billings. These guys were expected to really thrive together, um, especially coming into the second year with most of like this core on the defensive line intact. But they've been doing adequate, but not special. 
Yeah, and looking at the rest of the defense, you know, they've they've got those three former first round picks, a cornerback, free safety Jesse Bates has made some plays back there, but yeah, it looks a little scary the last two games defensively for the Bengals. Luckily, the Dolphins haven't been able to do anything for the last two games, so uh, on offense, so we'll see how that works out. <laughs> what do you think, Rebecca, the Bengals need to do in this game to win? Um, I mean, if they just keep producing at the same rate offensively that they have been producing at, I feel like they can outscore the Dolphins. I don't know if that's something you would agree with, but basically I think that if they could go toe-to-toe with the Falcons offense, which was, has a lot of firepower, I think that they can do the same with the Dolphins, hopefully, and that would lead to a win. And what's your prediction for this game? I do see it as a Bengals win. I think that they're coming into this game pretty confident. They know that this is going to be one of the toughest tests they've faced so far and another team that's also 3-1. and one. Uh, But I'm definitely going with a Bengals win. I'm going to say 27-18. to 18. I was going to say maybe 34 to 23 because the Bengals, that's what they won in their first two games. Identical scores. Yes. Colts and and Ravens. Yeah, uh, that that doesn't happen often. (laughs) (laughs) Rebecca Toback joining us from Cincy Jungle. Be sure to go to their website at Cincy Jungle, C-I-N-C-Y, and then Jungle. Be sure to check them out and Rebecca as well for not only Bengals news, but NFL news throughout the year. Rebecca, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And that will do it for our breakdown of the Miami Dolphins and Cincinnati Bengals. We're taking a look here at the other sideline. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Be sure to check out our merch store, too, on the fit sites, threadless.com. And if it's not in the right side and it's not in the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.